All praise and thanks be to Allah. We seek his help and we seek his forgiveness. We seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves. Whomsoever Allah guides, there is none to mislead him. And whomsoever Allah leads astray, there is none to guide him. I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad sallam, is his servant and messenger. Allah sent him as um, a bearer of good tidings for the last hour with the truth. Whoever obeys Allah the exalted and his messenger is indeed on the right path, and whoever disobeys them certainly does harm to himself only and does not injure God in any way. Please forgive me ahead of time for any weaknesses or errors in my attempt to perform today's khutbah. Any good from my talk today comes from Allah, and any bad is from my own lacking. I'd like to start, first of all, by saying assalamu alaikum. Um, and I'd like to thank everybody for coming to the ICCPO this holiday weekend for Jummah, and congratulate you and praise you for having the deba mm -hmm. devotion to make it. We know you have a lot of choices. Many of our friends are at the beach or elsewhere, but you chose to come to Jummah, and you should be proud of that. My khutbah for today is entitled Edel Independence, the 4th of July for Muslims in America. As you all know, our country celebrated its 243rd birthday yesterday with a national holiday, family get-togethers, concerts, parades, fireworks, and yes, even some tanks on the National Mall. In this khutbah, I hope to explore a bit of what it means to be a Muslim in the United States of America today and how we can play a positive role in its future. Imam Tariq gave a great khutbah last week about patriotism, as well as high and low politics. He suggested to us that we have an obligation as Muslims to be patriotic to a country that gives us the freedom and space to practice Islam, to pursue, pursue our personal goals, and to live with dignity. He gave the example of the Muslims who went to Abyssinia as immigrants, or refugees, depending on the term you prefer, who went on to fight for the King Najashi when his kingdom was attacked by an invading army. I think this is an incredibly important obligation in our lives, so I hope to discuss it a little bit further and discuss what it means to be a patriot in today's society. And I hope to offer some con concrete examples of what we can do to be truly patriotic. I'd like to start by taking a step back and remind us of what we actually celebrated yesterday, which is the signing of the Declaration of Independence by the Second Continental Congress on July 4th, 1776. This incredible document was written mainly by Thomas Jefferson with the help of Ben Franklin, John Adams, and two other representatives to explain why the 13 American colonies were declaring independence from England. 
It speaks in general principles for a paragraph or so, and then goes on to list 27 grievances as to why the colonists were cutting tie with, ties with the, rules, uh, with the rule of King George III. Its most famous passage, and in some ways its crowning statement, though, is its second sentence, which states, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, and that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. However imperfect its implementation has been, this statement has been a guiding principle for the United States of America. So the first question we should ask ourselves is, is this a principle that fits in with our Muslim values? And I think we would all answer with a resounding yes. When our Prophet ﷺ gave his, second, his farewell khutbah, his first statement was, verily your blood, your property, are as sacred and inviolable as the sacredness of this day of yours, in this month of yours, and in this town of yours. Throughout his life, our Prophet strived to promote honor, dignity, safety, and freedom for all people, not just Muslims. We know about the pre-Islamic alliance called the Hilful Fadul, that the Prophet and other high-minded Meccans, including Abu Bakr created to collectively protect the rights of those who had no backing to protect them. It started after a single Yemeni trader came to Mecca and had his goods taken but not paid for by a powerful um, Meccan. He complained in front of the Kaaba and the alliance formed to protect the rights of the weak. The prophet later said that although this had occurred in the days of Jahiliyyah, he would be proud to participate in such an endeavor again. With these and countless other examples, I would argue that our duty to protect and cherish life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is also an important part of our faith. With a common guiding principle and the concepts laid out by Tariq about what constitutes the Darul Islam, I think that we can all see that we have some obligation to be patriotic to the United States of America, a country that has given us freedom of religion, the ability to earn a living, to pursue happiness, and a level of security and safety that is not present in much of the world, and unfortunately, especially in much of the Muslim-majority countries. But that term means a lot to different people, ranging from selflessly serving fellow citizens to blindly invading other countries. According to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, patriotism means love for and devotion to one's country. It is an important concept, as when we think of something that we love or someone that we love, it is implicit that we want what is best for that person or object, and that we will continue to strive for its continual improvement and success. When you love your child, you don't let them play Fortnite all night instead of studying for their exams. When you make, you, when you make your babies take medicine because they're sick, you do that even though it tastes horrible and you know that they're gonna throw half of it back up on your clothes because you're invested in seeing them get better. Love also implies that you are truly willing to sacrifice for the object of your devotion. I hope that all of us will think of patriotism the same way. It is importantly different from nationalism, which the same dictionary defines as loyalty to and devotion to one's country, mm -hmm. but adds exalting one's nation above all others and placing primary emphasis on promotion of its culture and interests as opposed to those of other nations and other groups. Interestingly, it also says that patriotism is more often associated with concepts like bravery, valor, duty, and devotion, 
whereas nationalism tends to be more associated with specific movements, usually of a patriotic, sorry, of a political bent. So how should we as Muslims be patriotic in a way that shows our love and devotion of country and preserves our values? I wanted to offer two broad concepts and then talk about some issues-based options as a way for all of us to find some niche in this. My first um, concept, and first and foremost one, is to participate. One of the great things about American society is that much of it is open for us to join in and start working on it right away. And we have great examples from our own community on how to do this. Many of you volunteer for our Masjid Hunger Band that feeds the poor. Sister Najah Khan has four busy kids, a full-time job, and a husband with a busy medical practice, but still found time to be a PTA president for a local elementary school. Our Imams and Brother Sultan Ahmed have spent countless hours promoting interfaith relationships in spite of their busy lives. Brother Irfan Murtaza is organizing a blood drive for our fellow citizens here at the ICCP for August 18th. Sister Sithi and Brother Mohsen are everywhere, and so many of you also are involved in activities in your communities, career societies, charities, and local and national government. Some people here have even been in the military. I would submit to you that feeding the needy, improving the delivery of education, giving blood, building bridges between religions, and helping our government uh, function better are incredibly important acts of patriotism. And I urge all of us to find some meaningful way to participate. In this category of participation, I also strongly urge you to stay engaged with our elected official, uh, officials, and most importantly, to vote. There's a saying that if you don't have a seat at the table, you're most likely going to be on the menu. And historically, this has been the case for Muslims in America. I have said this to many of you before, but I have friend, Muslim friends in Northern Virginia who are extremely active politically, and they've been told openly by politicians that the number of eligible Muslims to, who voted were at such a low rate that candidates don't feel any need to address their issues. And in fact, many of them voted against Muslim issues because they knew that there would be no repercussions. Alhamdulillah, this is changing rapidly, but it saddens me on multiple levels because it is not just a loss for our community, but a loss for everyone. One of the things that has always attracted me about Islam are that its values are universal and of benefit to all. Whether it's immigration, education, healthcare, or other topics that we will discuss later, Islamic viewpoints tend to be good humanistic viewpoints as well. And we should always feel that we have something valuable to contribute to society. Further, it is important for us to recognize how hard people before us fought for the right to vote. Go watch the videos of the brutally suppressed protests of the civil rights movements of the 60s, or see how people in poor neighborhoods of Miami or parts of Florida have had to wait for more than three to four hours in line just to um, get their ballot. These people did not take their representative democracy lightly, and neither should you. The final note that I want to add in this section on participation is that we have to acknowledge that in America, unlike many other places, if a group keeps pushing hard enough and working hard enough, they can make openings in that doorway. Growing up here, our numbers were so small that I never conceived of us having a Muslim congressman. Keith Ellison opened that door in 2005, 
And now we have three fantastic Muslims in Congress, including a former Indianapolis police officer, a Palestinian-American woman activist, and a hijabi Somali-American who came here as a refugee. And Keith has gone on to become Attorney General for Minnesota. Alhamdulillah. More and more Muslims are sticking out their necks and running for office. We should be thankful for their efforts, and may Allah bless them for their hard work and their courage, and keep them safe and successful. The second big general principle that I have for you, for patriotism, is just be good at what you do. I think it is incredibly important for us to recognize that everyone has a valuable role in society. There are people out there who say that the only way to serve your country is to be part of the military, but I would argue very differently. Teachers, social workers, researchers, and even people who stay at home to take care of family members often make tremendous sacrifices for the greater good. I cannot tell you how many construction workers or other laborers that I have taken care of who have had devastating injuries while trying to build our roads, our homes, and our businesses for other Americans selflessly. Whether you clean homes or you're Speaker of the House, your job allows us to strive and make progress as a nation. So do it well. Not only will you be doing a patriotic act, but you will also be doing a da'wah that shows that Muslims strive for excellence and follow the teachings of our Prophet Muhammad The next few items that I wanted to mention are issues that I feel that we have an important role in. I know that Imam Tariq said not to Islamize or Islamize low politics, but I do think that our religion and our values uh, point us to stand up for what is right. And unfortunately, we face a lot of issues at this time that we should not walk away from. The first one, I think, will be a little bit of a surprise to most of you, but I feel that it's climate change and the environment. We all recognize that Allah can do whatever He wishes with the earth and the rest of the earth and the rest of the universe. But we also recognize that He typically works through us, Bob, or the means and rules that He created to affect change. He also pushed us to do scientific study of the earth and the skies and all of the natural phenomena within that. All of this study clearly shows that the earth is warming due to man-made activity. This should set off alarm bells for all Muslims on multiple levels. The first is it violates our compact as humans to be the Khalifa of Allah and stewards of the earth. The second is that at a fundamental level, it is rooted in greed and waste, two actions condemned by our Lord. And the third is that it will cause tremendous suffering, and primarily among the poor, who benefited least from its causes. Just the other day, there was a report about how the Indian city of Chennai was running out of water. What a horrible disaster. I urge all of us to do three things on this issue. The first is to start by reducing our own usage and waste. This is a basic Islamic concept, as the Prophet taught us not to waste water on something as important as wudu, even if you were standing next to a running river. Not only will it help the cause, but it will save you money. The second is to participate and support activity that is good for our environment. Again, our Prophet taught us that if you have a seedling tree in your hand and you hear the horn of the Day of Judgment, still plant that tree. We should be dedicated stewards of the earth and the environment. The last uh, thing on this account is for us to push for legislation and for people who will uh, be elected to um, help limit global warming. 
forget the whole citizenship and patriotism thing on this one, even though I feel that it is feel that it is just that. Do it so that you can look at your grandkids in the eye and say that you did something to help destroy, avoid destroying their world. The second topic that I want to mention is income inequality. And I put this as second on my list because everything I've studied in history has shown that this can be a factor in the downfall of nations and the cause of many wars. Frequently throughout history, we see that as countries or empires grow and become powerful, a small group of people at the top of the food chain benefit from the work of all those below them. And they make gains that far outstrips the benefits to those of less means. In order to preserve the status quo for themselves, they put into place increasingly brutal policies and rip the system to keep the wealth and power flowing to their own families and not to others. At some tipping point, it leads to revolutions or other disasters such as famine or depression. All countries in the world go through these cycles, and America has had its episodes before, but we're once again in a very obvious and horrible state concerning mm. this, as we see CEOs walking away with 10,000 times of income compared to their employees at times. What to do about this is a very difficult question to answer, but it really has to come at a governmental policy level. And I think the patriotic thing for us to do here is to recognize the problem, learn more about these policies, and elect officials who have the right stands on this. The last major issue that I wanted to bring up is race and gender relations. This issue has been tearing at the soul of this country since its inception. We spoke about the Declaration of Independence stating that all men are created equal, but many of the founding fathers only believed this to apply to white landowning males. The country split apart 80 years later on the issue of slavery, and we fought the nation's bloodiest war amongst ourselves to pull it back together. Even now, when we see how some police behave towards black people, anyone with a conscience should be shocked. It still depresses me to think of Tamir Rice, a young black boy shot by police for playing with a toy gun in a park, then not even being given life-saving medical help. Or Trayvon Martin, a teenager shot in his own neighborhood by a vigilante for the crime of walking through his neighborhood with a, after dark in a hoodie while being black. We also still have a long way to go on gender inequality as well. And a simple amendment for the Constitution saying that women have equal rights under the law has not been able to be ratified for over 40 years. Women also get paid less than men for the same work, even in today's world. And there's still a serious problem with, in the US with violence against women. Again, these areas don't have simple solutions, but we should start with ourselves. The Prophet again taught us in the farewell khutbah that an Arab has no superiority over a non-Arab, and that a white person has no superiority over a black person. He also said in the same speech to treat women well. Unfortunately, in many Muslim societies, and even in many Muslim families here, we see and hear what is, amounts to open racism or misogyny. Let's speak out against that whenever we can and actively try to rid our society from this. Look at the beautiful community that we have here. Every race and color, men and women in the same room, working for the same goal of trying to get closer to Allah. You are our community's most precious resource. Let's use that richness to be a model uh, for better relationships in our nation. And let us reject any leaders who try to use these issues to tear our community and our country apart. I also further want to put a plug in for 
this masjid. It makes me very proud that we have had a sponsorship of a poor African-American masjid and um, several other communities in Southeast. I encourage you all to find out more about this and connect with these brothers and sisters um, of ours who often um, are trying to practice their Islam through tremendous struggles. There are many other issues such as immigration, healthcare, criminal justice reform, education, and foreign policy that we need to think about and I would love to discuss, but time runs short and I don't want to bore you or, or keep you for too long from your lunches. The common theme that runs through this though is one of social justice. It happens to be a guiding principle of Islam, both in the Quran and in the Sunnah as practiced by a beloved prophet even before he became a prophet and received the message. Remember that our Prophet also taught us that when we see something wrong, we should try to stop it directly. And if we can't do that, then we should speak out against it. And if we can't do that, then at least we should hate it in our hearts. And that is the least of what we can do. If you are at a loss when looking at an issue that bothers you, consider calling your congressional representative or at least signing a petition. I've been amazed at how receptive some of our congressmen and women are. There was once a bill um, that had direct implications for the Muslim community that our congressman here was not supporting. And a few of us got angry about it and set up a meeting with him. We discussed the issue for two minutes and he looked at us and said, done. It was something that he was actually very supportive of, but he hadn't heard about it. These uh, men and women are so busy that they can only focus on what gets pushed to them. We should be the squeaky wheel for things that are good for our nation. In summary, I hope that when we are faced with decisions on how to be patriotic and express our love for America, that we think just beyond flag waving or chanting USA, USA at some sports event, and instead use our personal and religious values to push for actions and policies that promote goodness, kindness, and benefit to all. And that is what can keep, truly keep America great. Um, on one final note in this first part of the clip-up, and an example of true American patriotism, I want to welcome an organization here today called Ref America to our masjid. It is a really incredible group. Its mission statement says that Ref America seeks to foster a warm American welcome for refugees who have been resettled in the United States through the United States Refugee Admissions Program. The goal of Ref America is to promote full inclusion of recently arrived refugees to America, in America and to provide small groups of participant refugees with the tools both to tell their stories and help forge, their, uh, forge for themselves their families and their fellow refugees like generations of Americans before them a new American story. The group brings newly resettled refugee teenagers from around the country and hosts them with teens and their families from Montgomery County for cross-cultural exchange and leadership training. I would like to ask the executive director, uh, Leanne Dorsey, and all members of the group to stand up, please. We thank you for your wonderful work, and I recommend that we all look for ways to help this great organization. Jazakallah. Amin. Amin. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. 
إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على سيدنا إبراهيم وعلى آل سيدنا إبراهيم إنك عميد مجيد. Um, for the second clip, I uh, have two announcements. Uh, one is really lighthearted. Uh, um, I want to wish my wife, uh, Aisha Ahmed, happy anniversary. Thank you for marrying me 28 years ago. Um, uh, and the second one is much more serious. Um, Sister Asma and Brother Azam are ill, and I ask that we all make sincere dua for their quick and complete recovery. And uh, may Allah grant them uh, early shifa. And Sheikh Hamid. And Sheikh Hamid. Thank you. And anybody else, please. You know, let's keep all of our uh, uh, loved ones in, in our prayers. And finally, as a wrap up in our second khutbah, I just want to make a very quick note about all the blessings that we enjoy as Americans. We should never take these for grant these blessings for granted. So many people around the world would love to have just a, a fraction of what we have. We must always have shukr or incredible gratitude to Allah for all these blessings and strive to spread them to others. Only then can we be true patriots and Muslims who fulfill their <coughs> obligation to wish for their brothers and sisters what they wish for themselves. So in closing, we make dua that Allah guide all of us to be the best believers and best citizens that we can be. Amen. We make dua for our guests who are here today from refugee families, Amen. that they be blessed for all their sacrifices and courage, Amen. and for their host families for their kindness and compassion. Amen. May he give them all great success in, their, in this venture and all that they do. Amen. We make a dua that Allah forgive and bless our parents, our relatives, Amen. our ancestors, and our teachers for Amen. all their good and for helping us enter this world and remain as Muslims. Amen. Amen. We make dua for our children and future generations that Allah guide and protect them and keep them on his path and bring them great success. We pray that all people suffering from harm or injustice in the world get relief and security and that all those suffering from illness get shifa and healing and that all those people displaced or driven from their homes get their places back or get rewarded with something even better. And then we pray that those at the end of their lives have comfort and dignity and the chance to return to Allah's presence when their appointed time comes. Amen. May he give us all and all of our ummah the best in this world and the best in the hereafter. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasnatan wa fi akhirati hasnatan wa kina da'ana. Amen. Wa kama salam.